Ryan. It's Ben A. It's What If. I'm Spencer. That's Ryan. Greetings. Greetings and salutations. Yeah. I uh, hope everyone's doing okay. We what are if, doing most. We're doing mostly okay. What if we said hi? Hi, guys. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any uh, weird, funny, spooky shit for you this week, but we did want to stop by and say hello anyway, and um, talk about what's going on. Let you guys know how we're doing. Um, recommend some ways to help, and just kind of hang out together for a little bit because that's a nice thing to do. <laughs> In the midst yeah. of lots of uh, lots of wild things happening, yeah, we did this on uh, we did this on the Patreon episode this week and wanted to uh, do it for for the big group here and just sort of say, hey, you know, a lot of folks have been checking in on us, which is really cool, and we appreciate that. Um, we appreciate y'all looking out for us. And uh, Spencer and I are very close to everything that's going on, but we are thankfully. Um, we are thankfully safe and uh, kind of taking stuff day by day and uh, let's, uh, working with the let's, community. Let's and back up a little bit. That's um, fair. Yeah, maybe we should do that. I suppose we have listeners from all around the world, so we should we should maybe uh, give give everybody kind of a, a base level to start from. Just, yeah. Uh, last week, on uh, Monday, last week, George Floyd was killed by a police officer while three other police officers stood by and watched. Um, and then since then there have been all kinds of different reactions all around Minnesota and the United States and now the world, um, in reaction to, uh, racism and police, uh, brutality and murder and all the associated, uh, parts of our society. Um, and, a lot of that has been, I mean, 38th in Chicago is about, what, maybe two miles from where we live, Ryan? And then the uh, the majority of the protests and uh, stuff you've probably seen on the national news since then is at, you know, well, half a block from me and about 10 blocks from Ryan. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, um, it has been a little surreal to turn on CNN and be like, oh, yeah, I I used to shop there. <laughs> that's my. Yeah, that's the top of my house. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. It was like open uh, up the New York Times, and it was like, oh, that's my buddy's photo. Hey, that's my neighborhood. Oh, that's my block. Yeah. All right. But I just I think it's important to uh, recenter the conversation occasionally um, to what really started all of this and has been happening for. A long time, both in our city and throughout the United States, which is police killing black people. Yeah. Um, and everything else that's happening is a direct or indirect result of that. Um, or the, you know, systemic racism in the United States that is tied to that violence and death. Yeah. The culmination so, of, of many, um, many requests for change, uh, pleas for change, um, protests for change and i think we're seeing the culmination of a lot of unanswered uh asks and pleas and protests for i mean going on literally decades and decades and decades now yeah uh anyway in so that's in, that's where we are <laughs> that's where we are macro and local yeah what um 
any parts of your experience that, that you want to share, Ryan, over the last week or so? Um, yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, something that I think is important for folks to be really clear on is, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're recentering the conversation, but I think the, a, a lot of what you're seeing on, whether it's cable news or, or broad news is sort of the, the holistic view of national and international protest. Um, but a big part of what you're seeing right now too, is a lot of talk about, um, the, the, the damage that's been done. Unfortunately, um, it becomes a quote unquote, better news story to focus on, uh, people who are setting fires or damaging property you're looting. And I think there's two big pieces of that one. Um, I think it, I think it's just a more comfortable conversation for a lot of people too. Sure. To talk about that's wrong instead of saying what the police did was wrong. Yeah. Or, or acknowledging, uh, what has led to that destruction and the situation that we're in now, like I, even just flipping it from like, uh, yeah, it's terrible that that guy was killed, but this rioting has to stop or this destruction of property has to stop. Right. Flipping that around to, yeah, it's terrible that property is being destroyed, but we need to stop killing black people. Right. Right. Like even that little shift of perspective, like totally changes the narrative for sure. And I think, I think it's also the, the piece that I, I think you're totally right. And the other thing I was going to say is I think that, um, it seems like there's plenty of people who are not part of the affected communities by these issues who seem to have a lot of opinions about how those communities react to those issues. And I think that it's super important for people to realize that that's not your fucking place. If you are not part of that community to be judging how that community is reacting to something that again has been asked for pled for, voted for legislated for um protested for for again decades and decades and decades it's not um it's not our role and it's not your role to be judging how people are reacting to that how people are trying to draw attention um to to that issue the other thing that i was going to say is i think it's important can for I, everybody can i add one thing to yeah, yeah. Add one thing to what you're just saying for sure um just in regards of you know um, commenting on judging on narrating other people's experiences. Um, I think it's a helpful analogy to think of it as, as being in someone else's home with those types of conversations. Sure. You're not, if you're a guest in somebody's house, you're not going to walk in and start telling them how to do shit and where to put things and how to decorate. Right. right? You're, you're, you're a guest there. Chill out listen, figure out how things work here. And if you can be useful, be useful. Uh, but you don't get to tell people how to live their lives and how to have their experiences. Yep. The, the flip side of that coin, or not, maybe not flip side of that coin, but the other piece of that too, is a thing that, um, 
you know, we, we have Spencer and I both have pretty strong ties and strong communities in the twin cities. And so we know a lot of people we've been doing wellness checks on each other and friends and Hey, how was your neighborhood last night? And the other piece of that, uh, the news focusing on some of those negatives that I wanted to call out as well is that, you know, I've, I've seen a handful of people be like, Oh, those protesters are doing so much damage or, wow, I can't believe they're choosing to protest in this way or whatever. And I think one of the things that's really important to keep in mind in these conversations is that um, nuance is really important. And it's there's so many people firing off really, really sure hot takes out into the universe right now. But nuance is really important. And part of that nuance is realizing that you can't paint tens or hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of protesters with the same brush. And so, yes, there have been fires set in Minneapolis. There has been damage done to businesses, but it's patently wrong to presume that everyone who is participating in those protests are the people who are doing those things. And also we have seen with our own eyes, I've seen with my own eyes, um, that a lot of this damage is being done by people who are coming into these communities to purposely fuck shit up, like to purposely do damage and create, uh, create a, a worse narrative for the people who are engaging in these protests with a good faith, uh, peaceful intention. There are a lot of young white people in my neighborhood on a daily basis who don't live in my neighborhood looking to and sometimes managing to fuck things up in my neighborhood there a friend of mine lives i'm going to speak in generalities lives in another part of the city in an apartment building that backs up to a gas station and for the last five nights they have with a neighborhood watch been barricading the gas station and standing outside with louisville sluggers because white men in trucks are driving in circles around the and they're telling people, uh, we'll be back. We'll be back yeah. because they're they're threatening to actually set it on fire and blow it up. And if that gas station blows up, it blows up my friend's apartment. And so that's why they're protecting it. But it's not it's not this I mean, that's, large that's protest business on Lake Street that is still standing. Right. Exactly. And it's not and it's not out all night, every night in my neighborhood for the last week. Right. And 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 again, I just want to be clear that these businesses are not being damaged because these groups of thousands or tens of thousands of people are moving through these areas and damaging on their damaging them on their way. These, this damage is happening because people who are bad faith, people who are trying to fuck shit up and fuck up the community are taking license plates off of their vehicles, driving in groups of, we've seen them in groups of four groups of two driving to areas and intentionally breaking windows and firebombing businesses. Like I've seen it. Other people have seen it. Like it's, it's a, that's what's happening. That's where a lot of the damage is being done is people are taking advantage of the chaos to incite more chaos and shift the narrative of what the protest is about or shift the general public perspective on who the protesters are and what they're trying to accomplish. So I just want to make that super duper clear because I don't think that's necessarily being made clear by the news. And as people who, like Spencer said, are literally living less than a mile away from where this is happening, we have a way better view of what's happening on the ground and, and, um, and are, and are seeing that with our own eyes. And so are our friends and family. 
Um, yeah, and I haven't I haven't been watching any national news because it's just not helpful for me. Um, so I don't I don't know what stories are being told around that um, in terms of who's doing what and uh, you know what sort of outcomes there have been. I do want to take some time today to like call attention to all of the really good things that have been happening in response. I was just going to flip to that too. Cause I think there's so much of that that I've seen in the past week too. And I actually made a list earlier today cause I had uh, a friend who does a lot of uh, narrative document uh, documentary filmmaking and stuff. And um, was just, hitting me up to be like, Hey, I, you know, would you share with me what you're seeing and what's going on? And like, I just want to kind of get a, a, a more realistic view of what's happening. And so I, I, cause I told him like, it's been really beautiful seeing our community, our communities respond with a ton of unity and a ton of positivity and looking out for each other and supporting each other and, uh, pushing back against police, against racism, against white supremacy, against, uh, our government when needed and, um, making sure that people are getting what they need. Yeah. Um, so I actually put together a list of some of the more positive, encouraging stuff that uh is happening in response to all this which maybe we can also count as our shared is it joy segment for this episode i was literally just gonna say i think this needs to be our collective is it joy because it has it has brought uh joy to the point of like tears to my eyes to see some of the stuff that we've seen yeah uh in the past week and i collected links for all these two so i'll there will be a very long show notes section today or maybe i'll put a link somewhere else. Cause I think Apple limits how many characters you can put in there. Um, but if you guys want to read any more about any of this stuff, I'll, I'll link to it. Um, first one is pimento Jamaican kitchen over, uh, on Nicollet and 26th. Um, the headline from the Southwest journal article is Whittier's pimento Jamaican kitchen reinvents itself as relief organization. So it's a restaurant bar venue, um, that, I don't know, I think early last week, maybe by Tuesday or Wednesday, um, started collecting donations and figuring out ways to distribute them to people who need it. Um, and that has turned into over the last few days, they have, I've been there the last two days helping out and it's incredible, like how much they're doing and how organized it is and how many people show up every day. And how many people they're managing to serve out of one restaurant, you know, and like a small, like counter service style restaurant at that. It's not a big space. Yeah. They have like three or four employees right now. And then it's all volunteers. And I went yesterday and there were probably 150 people in there. I helped out for a couple of hours. They packed up an entire U-Haul, like full size U-Haul truck of donations that were going to get delivered throughout the community. They had a line around the block of people coming up to get food, get uh, hygiene products, get like, household products, cleaning supplies, diapers. They're, they're distributing toys and books and stuff for kids now. So you come up to a table outside and there was a line like down the block and around the corner. You come up, 
you basically make a shopping list. You hand it to the person at the front. They have runners, and they have everything, like every available flat area, floor, counter, tables, everything inside is covered with supplies organized by category. Yep. You hand hand over a list, somebody runs through and packs up everything you need, and they bring you back grocery bags. Fucking awesome. So fucking or they awesome. Have, they have pre-packed bags of, you come up and you say, hey, family of five, and they'll be like, all right, great. Here's two weeks of groceries. And they have pre-packed bags of like, you could, this might not be exactly what you want, exactly what you need, but you could eat for two weeks off of what's in these bags. Here you go. It's awesome. They closed, they closed one lane of, of Nicolet out front. They just said, fuck it. This is ours. We're redirecting traffic. So they <laughs> have a drive, th- a, a drive through drop off and people on like people running back and forth, unloading cars all day. Um, and for the first few days, they were also still serving food out of there. Um, they've now turned full time into just taking uh, and distributing food and supplies all over the city. But it's it's beautiful, man. It's entirely volunteer run. It's like the most. It looks like complete chaos when you show up, and then within like five minutes, you're like, "Oh, there is a system, and everyone is supporting each other in this system, and like managing to have fun in like while we're doing it." Everybody's wearing masks. You know, people go around handing out water and stuff. It's been it's been amazing. Hell yeah, uh, love it. You love to see so it. That's also, one, best yeah. Jamaican food in town. Yeah. Um, oh, and we'll get to some places to donate later. Uh, they are also <clears throat> raising money to help black owned businesses in their neighborhood with a goal of raising a million dollars. Um, and so they have a, um, uh, pimento relief fund set up as well that you can donate to. What's up? Um, uh, along the same lines of the Lake street council. So I live basically on Lake street. Uh, Ryan lives about 10 blocks South of Lake street. Um, Six, we make our yes. podcast. Huh? Six, but yes. Yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I was trying to be, I was wrong and I was also trying to be vague, but. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Got it. Yes. Yes. We're both close um, to Lake. <laughs> yes. And we, you know, so we, we also make this podcast, uh, you know, about a hundred feet from Lake street. Um, so Lake street council is raising money to help small businesses along Lake that were affected by all this, um, rebuild, and they've raised almost $4 million in the last, I think, five or six days. Yeah. Um, and 100% of that is going to helping people rebuild along Lake Street. Um, the Northside uh, West Broadway Business Area Coalition um, just started raising money, I think, within the last 24 hours. And they're at, let me refresh this real quick, $680,000 to help businesses along West Broadway and North Minneapolis do the same. Fucking Awesome. Um, these are not in any order. So this is going to be kind of all over the place. Uh, let's see. Oh, the fundraiser for George Floyd's family is at 10 million. I don't know if you've seen that. Fantastic. So his family directly is going to get a check for at least $10 million from people. That's not, and that's all all this. That's the tightest part. Like, as far as I know, there are no corporations pitching in on any of this stuff. There's no, like, this is all word of mouth. People just, Donating money like that right. street one. It's four. The average donation has been like twenty or twenty five bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's Crazy. yeah. It's it's just it's just people. And I think I think one of the most beautiful parts, in, in my opinion, of it is, you know, I mean, like, 
the the specific story about you know George Floyd being murdered is on the front of newspapers worldwide, and there are people who are in other countries, other continents who want to help, but don't know how to help. They want to impact change, but they can't impact change on the ground. And so what a lot of those people are doing is just sending money and they're finding these lists of, of really good and valid and valuable and, um, you know, progressive causes. And they're, and they're saying, I can't help by being there, but I can help by sending a little bit of money. And that's, you know, a little bit of money, multiplied by tens of thousands makes a, makes a massive difference. And obviously, you know, money will never bring back, you know, a human life, but, um, but that family is going to have a degree of comfort that they can proceed into for the rest of their lives and they can use it to heal trauma and they can use it to, you know, try to be able to settle their minds and their souls and and do things for themselves and their family and their community that, um, that they wouldn't have otherwise had the opportunity to do. And even just offset the costs that are going that they're going to incur because of this, hundred percent, hundred percent. They have you to know, hire. They're, they're going to have legal representation and legal costs and yeah, all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah. Along the fundraising, and some of these organizations are working directly to make sure that this does not happen again. Yep. So in that case, like, no, we you can't bring back George Floyd, but you can try and prevent this from happening again, right? And again and again, like it has for well the whole time we've been in the united states yeah um one more fundraising one the minnesota freedom fund raised somewhere between 20 and 25 million dollars uh to bail out well primarily protesters um but they provide cash bail for people who cannot afford it right uh which i don't know if we have time to get into it but cash bail is a um not exactly a fair system and it disproportionately affects uh, poor people. Um, so they are, I mean, $25 million is like years worth of cash bail for Minneapolis. Well, and the thing with cash bail is bail goes back to the group or person that bail that put that bail money up once that per- bail is basically saying, Hey, I'm, I don't want to be in jail while I wait to go through my, my proceedings with the justice system. So if you bail me out, I can be free until I go through all of that business. And so when those justice proceedings are completed with these individuals, that money then goes back into the bail funds or it goes back to whoever put it up in the first place. That's why there's bail bondsmen is because people who skip bail, they don't go to justice, but their bail has been paid they go out and try to get people who have run away on that. But if you go through your proceedings like normal, that bail money goes back to the people who put it up in the first place, which basically means that essentially (laughs) the Minnesota Freedom Fund could potentially be bailing out people for generations to come because that money will continue going back into the fund over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, Let's go some more, I guess, like direct uh, community-based stuff. I think, Ryan, you were sort of vaguely referencing uh this earlier with your gas station bit but a lot of neighborhoods uh communities individual blocks have organized to just look out for each other because um the police is 
are not doing that. The National Guard are not doing that. The police and National Guard are instigating a lot of violence in our communities um, while not providing the services that they are uh, alleged to provide. Yeah. And so a lot of people have just gotten together in their in their communities to say, okay, let's stay up, let's stay out, let's keep an eye on things to make sure that everyone's safe. Um, let's, you know, if there are fires, let's try and put them out because we're not sure that fire departments can get to us. Right. Um, so we have our city council members, including, or well, at least one, Jeremiah Ellison, what up, literally, Jeremiah? Running ar- <laughs> literally running around the north side tackling white supremacists and literally putting out fires. It's incredible. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, incredible. Jeremiah is incredible, but this is yet another example of uh just just how incredible. A hundred percent. Um a hundred percent. So yeah, we've we've got our city council members tack- tackling white supremacists and acting as organizing uh volunteer fire departments. Um we have city council members calling to abolish the police. That's a new one um, for us. So- so miss me with any protesting and rioting doesn't work talk, please, because <laughs> I've never heard our city council members call to abolish the police before. Yeah. Um, Steve Fletcher, who is our Ward 3 rep, uh, said three hours ago, the police department is irredeemably beyond reform. Let's yep. go, Steve. Yep. Let's let's keep folks safe because uh, the police the police damn sure aren't. I want to just, just, just to say something about that too, really quickly, you know, um, there's a lot of really great, uh, organizations who are doing work around police abolishment. And if that concept sounds like kind of big and scary to you at first, that's okay. Uh, it did for me too, for people who are unfamiliar with the concept, it's sort of like a, Whoa, what? I don't understand. How would that work? What does that mean? And, um, that's okay. If that's a big concept to you, there's some really good writing about it. It's for for what it's worth. It's not about necessarily like abolishing it and having no replacement for any sort of like community safety. It's like more abolish and replace with better things. Yeah. It's it's finding better solutions to our actual needs than the police being sort of a blanket answer to a whole variety of things that they are not equipped to be an answer to. Right. Um, and so a really good organization that's doing work around that is called MPD 150. Um, if you go to MPD 150.com, uh, they have tons of great information. They have FAQs, they have reports, they have, uh, vision statements on the, on the future, as well as some document like documentary level statements on what the present and past have looked like, particularly focused on, uh, on the Minneapolis dynamic with our, our police department. Um, but a lot of their work is, uh, is much broader than that. So, um, yeah. So anyway, just, just to address that, that concept and that statement really quickly, check out MPD150.com. Um, they're a great organization. You can donate to them as well. Um, but they have a ton of great resources on kind of what does that concept look like? And, um, what do people mean when they say that? Cause it, I, I, I think it, to some people, it sounds really extreme when you first hear it. Um, but it's not nearly as extreme as it, uh, as it sounds when you kind of go check it out and you see the research behind some of the stuff that they've, they've put forth. Yeah. Even just their FAQ, um, exists in zine form. Thanks to our friend, uh, Kyle Guante Tran Myrie. Um, who's done a lot of work with them as well as friend of the pod, Tony Williams. Um, 
but their FAQ is is a really good place to start because and addresses some of those questions of like, well, yeah, but what about this thing? And uh, if the police aren't here to do A, B, and C, then what happens? And so on. Yep. And their their overall report it's MPD one fifty because they did it. Uh, I guess two years ago, I think three years ago now, um, when the Minneapolis police department was 150 years old. So it's a look back at the entire history of the department. Yep. Um, over the last 150 years. Yep. All right. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So we, uh, city council ones, um, tons of schools in addition to, you know, everything from churches and restaurants and community centers and individuals are organizing, uh, food drives and food distribution all over the, all over the city and state, I would assume. Um, and especially schools looking out for kids and families who already were maybe struggling because a lot of kids rely on two meals at school every day. And some kids rely on those two meals to be their only meals of the day. And families are already struggling being stuck at home, not having access to that. Yep. Um, so one in particular, uh, fall or no, not fall. Well, uh, where, where was it? What's the San- middle school? Help me out by me, Sanford, Sanford. Thank you. I always get those two confused for some reason. Um, again, I'll post links to this, but Sanford asked for 85 meal kits for their students who needed them. And they made a list of like, here's, you know, this will provide X number of meals for X number of days. And it's like pretty, a pretty simple list of things. We're trying to get 85 of them because we know we have 85 kids who need them. And their entire school grounds are literally covered with grocery bags. There was a donation line that went 14 blocks of people waiting to drop off food for them. I can safely say I live within 14 blocks of Sanford and had to get to my house <laughs> via the alleys because of how many people were there to both donate. And then immediately after the donations window, it was people who were going to pick up and they served people for hours and hours and hours. So it was, yeah, it was really incredible to see like firsthand basically out my front door. Hell yeah. Um, I think the last one I have, uh, going back to, um, maybe some real solutions and how do we move away from a hyper militarized, aggressive, uh, ill-equipped to serve our communities police department. Um, both the university of Minnesota and Minneapolis public schools this week, um, have moved towards ending contracts with the Minneapolis police. Um, for the safety of their students and families and staff. Um, which I think is a really important, uh, step in, in moving away from, um, our current police situation is to stop throwing tens of millions of dollars at them every year so that they can buy riot gear and tanks and tear gas. Um, to terrorize our communities with let's <laughs> let's not send our tax dollars there please mm-hmm. so the the u came out right away and um the president canceled whatever contracts they were able to get out of with the police department and then i don't know the outcome yet because the vote started one minute ago but i was Minneapolis, gonna say it's tonight right at five o'clock it's currently 501 um the minneapolis 
public schools board was voting they have a resolution on the table that they're voting on today to end their one million dollar annual contract with Minneapolis police for police officers in schools. Yep. Which I can tell you uh, firsthand as someone who's worked in schools and with police in schools doesn't fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> it does not keep children safe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, lots of good things are happening, and I don't know if they're being reported on because I just have not had the capacity to take in news. Um, but I just wanted to call attention to, like, all the really great things that we are capable of when we are working together towards common goals and um, trying to undo some of the historically awful things that have been going on in our country. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. I think, um, I think a couple of things I'll add to that list is just like, I think, you know, uh, we've lived in our neighborhood for a couple of years now and admittedly we know, you know, a chunk of our neighbors, but not all of them. And we've always said like, Oh, we should know more people on our block or, you know, maybe we should host some sort of neighborhood, whatever. And, I think one thing I've really seen is just people banding together and people uh, talking and, and being more part of the community that they're already of a part of, but more more community driven than I think ever before, because people have been pushed to a point of, you know, the police aren't coming to help and the guards not coming to help. And so if you need something on your block right now, you know, the, the fire department is busy if you need something on your block right now, you have to rely exclusively on the community that's closest to you. And so um, I've been seeing people just prioritize being community driven in their in their uh, efforts lately. And that that's obviously in, in a lot of different ways, but just primarily in those relationships, which I think is really beautiful and super essential and something that we overlook sometimes. And so that community energy has just been really incredible to see. And then also, too, I think, you know, people can I, are... Can I add on to that one for a second? Yeah, for sure. Um, I have actually many thoughts on that. Uh, the first being that Neighborhood Night Out got fucking weird this year. <laughs> people, <laughs> what do you people mean? Brought pitch, people brought pitchforks and baseball bats to our oh. unofficial Neighborhood Night Out. Yes, yes. Unofficial Neighborhood Night Out, for sure. <laughs> Uh, there's a, like a 70 ish year old woman at the end of my block who's just been sitting out front with a fucking porch, uh, pitchfork in her front yard. You love ready to, you absolutely love to see it <laughs> ready to stab her. Some, some white supremacists don't um, come, don't come around here. How about that? My neighbor, my neighbor across the alley took, took out a dude. So there were like 10 people. Uh, if you go through my alley, like a straight shot backwards through my alley, there is a TCF bank. I'm really getting very specific about where I live. Today. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, at about two or three in the morning the other night, there were 10 people trying to break into that TCF bank. And uh, for whatever reason, that went that went sideways and they made a break for it. And my neighbor across the alley took one of them out with a fucking badminton net. <laughs> Uh, amazing <laughs> amazing I my really other neighbor uh my other neighbor rattled off like five or six shots at them but badminton that dude i, I fully support <laughs> yeah yeah don't yeah. please don't go around shooting at folks no but if you can take out take out at least one dude with uh, a badminton net by all means you've done but you've yeah, done I, the lord's work today 
I now know the name of and have the phone number of everyone on my block and most people on like the two adjoining blocks, which is not a thing that was true a week ago. Yeah, we were going down that train too right now, which is super awesome. The block group text is fucking lit the last couple of nights. <laughs> One of the things I was saying to my wife was like, you know, part of the reason I live where I live is because I know that where I live, generally speaking, people prioritize the same things that I prioritize, right? Like I prioritize art and nature and small businesses and diversity. And like, I want those things to be reflected in my living situation, you know? And of course, people who live in a city in those adjacent neighborhoods are often people who prioritize similar things that you prioritize based on where they have chosen to live. And so I think it's cool to be like, Hey, we're probably to some degree like-minded because of just like the things that we inherently share by choosing the neighborhood we choose to live in. And if not, let's talk about it. But generally speaking, I'd rather be like, let's make that a bridge then, right? Like, Hey, you're here and I'm here. There's probably some inherent bridge to this. Let's find it. And like, you know, have a conversation instead of being like, Oh, they're like weird or foreign or other, or I don't know them or whatever. Like that's not a, that's not a productive way to build community. You should, you should take what you've already got in common and use that to build. Yeah. Um, you were going to say something else before I jumped in on neighborhood night out. With oh, I was just saying, I think it's been really awesome to see the community, community led, community driven stuff. And then I think also it's just um, I think it's been really cool to see people. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but like care. Like people care. In what sense? Uh, like every sense, you know, like I've seen. I've been reaching out to people. People have been reaching out to me. People are protecting neighborhood things. They're cleaning up after neighborhood things. And it's not just about community. It's about like, it's about giving a shit. It's about participating in the protest. It's about like, how can I help? Who can I support? How do I elevate and amplify, you know, important voices in this movement? Like people, it seems like people care in a way that, um, I'm not saying people haven't necessarily cared before, but it seems like for some reason there is more, um, there's more burning behind this right now than maybe there ever has been in my lifetime. And in some ways that is inspiring or gives me some degree of hope that like people give a shit both on small and big levels more than it seems like people have ever given a shit before. And I think that's, a cool thing to see. Yeah. And it's all, it's almost like this shit works. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's almost like, it's almost, almost like, like people tried all the other things that weren't working. Yeah. And people weren't listening. And now we're here. And now we're here. Can you hear uh, me now? Let's maybe close by giving some people, uh, ways to help. Yeah. Cause we, uh, even at, we did this on the Patreon on whatever Friday. I don't, I don't know. Thursday, Friday time's not um, real. And almost immediately that list was outdated because so many of those places got blown up with, uh, more funds than they were asking for or can use. Um, and so for sure. 
which is incredible um, that we have organizations doing this super important work that are now like fully funded for right, the foreseeable right. future to totally. do the work that needs to be done. Um, so I wanted to update that and just call attention to some some places doing really important work. And um, I know you know we've had a lot of people reaching out and saying, "Hey, I'm not in Minneapolis. I'm not in the United States, um, but I would like to help. Uh, how can I get plugged in? And how can I help?" Or I've had people hit me up too uh, after we <laughs> talked about, you know, some of our issues with police and abolition versus reforming and stuff the other day um, saying, Hey, I, you know, I read those resources and that was super helpful and it seemed scary, but now like, I think I get it. Um, so anyway, I'll start first with, we talked about MPD 150. I think that's a really good place to just sort of, get some more information about the history of police. And if you're having trouble, like I think we all probably do at first envisioning a world without police, uh, that's a great place to start. Yep. And reading their report and their FAQ, um, I think will make the concept a lot less scary for most folks. Yep. Um, if you're looking for some ways, like I have money, I would like to help. I would like to give you some very direct ways to help with that. Um, one we talked about earlier, both the West Broadway business coalition and the East Lake council are raising money to help small businesses that have been affected rebuild. Um, and a hundred percent of that money is going to those small businesses. Um, so I, I guess I'll just link to all these. Is that the easiest way to do this instead of like reading websites and shit? I mean, I think we could read the websites too, but yeah, I mean, we'll put all this stuff in the links to in the a, show notes. A lot of them have, a lot of them have separate fundraising links too. Um, yeah. I'm just going to say the names of places you can Google them or you can scroll down and, and there will yeah, be. Yeah, that's true. The, these are all very Googleable if you hear it and Google it. Um, another one that we mentioned earlier is the Pimento relief fund. Um, I can tell you firsthand they are doing awesome work there. Also, I mean, these are things that I, I like and want you guys to give money to. I also can personally vouch for all of these places and have supported all of these places within the last week. Yeah. They need your help. Yeah. Um, the Pimento Relief Fund, they're doing incredible work. Um, their restaurant is closed. They're not making any money right now. They have diverted all of their resources to helping the community. Um, they need money to be able to keep doing that. And they also are raising money to help other businesses, black owned businesses in the area, uh, rebuild. Uh, McGeezy is a native American community youth center in my neighborhood that was completely burned to the ground and they do awesome work. They are within blocks of my house. They need money to be able to keep doing that awesome work and, um, providing a safe space for, Native kids to just be and learn and have fun and exist. Yep. Um, Midtown Sanctuary, we mentioned earlier as well. That's the, the Sheraton that uh, people, I think we talked about that, right? Uh, we haven't yet, actually. We talked about it before oh, we shit. press okay. record. I think that was one of the things where we were like, we're talking about this shit already. We need to press record. <laughs> my my fucking brain, dude. I finally last night slept for more than like three hours for the first time in about a week. But yeah. It's, it's still real, real fog brain up here. Yeah. No uh, doubt. Likewise. The, okay. So there is a hotel 
um, on Lake Street called the Sheraton. Um, Sheraton, uh, Midtown Sheraton. Yeah, that was closed due to COVID, and um, some folks basically said, "This is ours now," or you're going to help these folks and they've been uh housing uh, about 120 unsheltered people there and providing food for them for the last few nights and it's extremely DIY it's super important work um they need donations they need money to be able to keep doing that they've also been getting uh harassed and experiencing violence from the police and the national guard they've been getting shot at by the police for housing homeless people in a hotel uh, which if you need any more reason to abolish the goddamn police, add that one to the fucking pile. Um, so not only are they, they housing folks there and feeding them, they're also protecting people from the police that are harassing and shooting at them. Um, unicorn riot is, um, providing some really amazing and have been for the last five years, uh, on the ground, firsthand coverage of all this stuff. They go out, Amongst protests, amongst demonstrations, amongst whatever's happening in our city and and several others, and live stream the whole thing. Um, it's free, but they could use some funds to be able to keep doing that. And I think it's super important if you want a more realistic view and a more in depth view of what's actually happening than the you know thirty second spots on the national news each night. Also, who has a better website than unicornriot.ninja? Because I don't know who it is. No one. I, <laughs> I don't I've know never who heard it of is. One. Um, we mentioned this one on the uh, on the Patreon last week, but uh, CTUL Centro de Trabajadores Unidos in La Lucha. Um, they need your money. They need your your support. Um, they mostly do work around, uh, workers' rights, but they're involved in all kinds of other stuff. They're, you know, getting involved in, um, providing supplies and distributing donations and stuff right now too. Um, and you know, workers' rights are tied to all of this as well, very closely. So yep. they are still taking donations. And then the last one from me at least, uh, is women for political change. Um, which in addition to all the work they normally do, they've been instrumental in keeping people informed of who's doing what and who needs support and who needs supplies and where volunteers are needed and where they're not. And just sort of doing a lot of um, information gathering during this time too, where it's, it can be confusing because it's not consolidated anywhere. And it's a huge group effort of hundreds of thousands of people trying to get organized. So, uh, that type of work is super important right now too. Right. Any you'd like to add before we get out of here? No, I think those are all good. We had a, we had a couple extra ones on, um, on the Patreon this week, but like we said, this one's a little more current. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I all, think it, all the ones we list on Friday that I didn't list now are no longer asking for money. Yep. And are generally or if, or if you donate, they're distributing it elsewhere. Yeah. Distributing it elsewhere or distributing it into the <laughs> into the places that we're talking about right now. Right. So yeah, exactly. Um, I think I just want to close by saying a couple of things. One, 
if you're uh, if you're a normal listener to our show, and this isn't normally a conversation that you would engage in by choice, and you're still listening right now, I just want to thank you for listening this far, um, for kind of expanding your mind and being willing to hear us out as we talk about something that's hitting super duper close to home for us and hitting super duper close to home for our family and friends. Um, thanks for thanks for listening and engaging and. Um, there's a lot of great conversations that are already happening about, happening about this stuff as part of the podcast community in our Facebook group. So if you do want to engage more, if you want to ask questions about any of the ideas we've talked about, if you want to ask questions about any of the causes we've talked about, um, I would say join the Facebook group and uh, let's try to have you know productive conversations about stuff in the Facebook group. It's You can just search for it in the groups on Facebook. It's uh, the What If Podcast there. Um and uh, yeah, thank you all for your support. Thanks for checking in on us. We hope you and yours are also staying safe um, and supporting justice and um, and equality uh, in the United States, but also, you know, worldwide. Yeah, uh, we appreciate and love all of you very much. Um, it's a little bit hard to predict what a week from now will be like currently, but uh I think we we plan to be back next week with a at least a more normal episode <laughs> we'll talk yeah. about some goofy shit at least yeah um i you know i know this is going to be at the front of my brain and consuming the majority of my time uh for probably at least the next week yeah but i did have an episode planned for today so we do have some shit ready um but yeah well uh, we also we have two new episodes of uncle rob's alien story time which I'll try and get out later this week. Shout out to Rob for being an absolute champion. Yes. Um, did you want to talk about that thing that you said you wanted to talk about before we started recording? Uh, nah, it feels like a bad time to do it. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, it feels, it feels no, like that's, a bad, that, that's, that's kind of what I thought, but we'll, we'll, we have many more episodes, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it, uh, if it comes up, well, here, no, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it really quick. Go ahead. <laughs> if, if, uh, if you are one of the people who is responding to people who are saying that black lives matter with all lives matter, I want to give you a quick piece of information. No one's saying that they don't. What people are saying is that if you had five kids and one of them cut their finger, you don't give all five of your children a Band-Aid. You give the child with the cut finger the Band-Aid. So the reason people are saying Black Lives Matter is because Black Lives are the ones that are being systematically, regularly, and disproportionately taken by police on the streets of our country. If that's not clear to you, and if it's not clear to you why it's actually really offensive for you to say all lives matter in response to Black Lives Matter, it's high at whatifpodcast.com, <laughs> and we can engage I have, in I that. have lots of good analogies if, if we want to... I'd be happy I to just use one. Share I'm, some of them now. I'm sure there's a thousand more that we could use to help people it's, understand it's like, why you should stop saying that. It's like running into the hospital where they're doing kidney transplants and being mad that you're not getting one when you have two functioning kidneys. Yes. Yeah. What about it's, my it's kidneys? Like, Your kidneys are not being like, attacked. 
It's like the fire department showing up because your your neighbor's house is on fire and being mad that they're not spraying down yours with water. Yes. All houses matter. That shit is stupid. That, that shit doesn't is make stupid. sense. What are you doing? Cut it out. Okay. Your neighbor would, would be justifiably pissed at you if you were trying to redirect the fire department's resources to your house that was not on fire. Yes. Hey, here's another one really quickly. If you take a kidney from someone who needs a kidney because they're going to die if they don't get one, you're a fucking asshole. Here's a, here's another one. While we're doing it, fuck it. Let's just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. White, white privilege, okay? I hear a lot of people be like, white privilege isn't real. Yes, it is. White privilege is real. It's not saying that your life has been easy. It's saying that your skin color is not something that's making your life harder. That's what white privilege is, okay? So stop fucking saying that it's not real. <laughs> or when someone says white privilege, you go, well, I had to work through college. Yeah, so did I, motherfuckers. But white privilege is not about that. White privilege is about saying, hey, the color of your skin is not a thing that's making your life harder. It's not saying that your life has never been hard, okay? It's okay. No one is no one's saying that you, you had a school. Squeaky clean, easy ride your whole life. They're saying that no one's ever pulled you over for driving while black because you're not black. And a whole fucking list of other things I'm not going to get into right now, okay? But that's what white privilege means. That's what it is. Yes, it's extremely fucking real. So cut it out, okay? Cut out. Stop saying it's not. Stop trying to defend yourself when really what you should be doing is shutting up and listening to black people. And, and amplifying their voices instead of trying to defend the fact that your life was hard or that your life matters because we're not saying your life doesn't matter. We're saying some people's are significantly more at risk than yours. Okay. All right. That's my, that's what, that's my end Bam. rant <laughs> End rant. Hi at what if podcast.com. If you need to talk about it. All right. Um, Anything else you want to do this for like 15 Remember we said we were going to do this for 15 or 20 minutes to check in with folks? And then we did an hour-long episode anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Love you guys. Love you guys. for um, hanging out with us. I would strongly encourage you to get involved and to speak up in whatever ways you are able, whether that's having conversations with your friends and family that might be uncomfortable, um, whether that's throwing some money towards some of these places that are already doing this crucial work right now, uh, whether that's educating yourself about topics that you maybe are not familiar with. Um, there are lots of ways to get involved and lots of ways to help out. And sometimes that means uh, starting with yourself and those in your immediate vicinity. Yeah. And look, don't be afraid to have the wrong conversation. Okay. Cause that's how people learn. You you might yes. it, it's uncomfortable and you might say the wrong thing or you might ask the wrong question, but that's how people learn and that's part of doing the work is we all have to make ourselves uncomfortable, be willing to be corrected, change our minds when given new information. That's a totally okay thing to do throughout your whole life. One one addition to that, uh, it is not the responsibility of any black people to help you with that. However, yes, um, yes. I'm just there saying are plenty of resources available to educate yourself. Um, there are plenty of folks out there to talk through things with. Um, it is not black folks jobs to educate non-black folks. Yes, totally. That's your job to educate I, yourself. Yes. I'm just saying 
it's uncomfortable to engage in like conversations about this with your friends or your family or whatever, but like be willing to be uncomfortable and kind of stutter step your way through it a little bit. Um, cause that's yeah, how we all get for better. sure. All right. We'll be back next week with, uh, space spiders. So you got that to look forward to. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. Take care. Be safe. We'll see you next week. Bye.